Galatians chapter 6 is just kind of a wrap-up yeah. of just the amazing, uh, it's like the finality. It's like the so therefore type of chapter. And when we look at Galatians chapter 6, we are seeing Paul talk to the Galatian churches about the new life and how does that translate as a believer. And so Galatians chapter 6 is, is about what? When you look at Galatians chapter 6 in the context of the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 6 and the verses that we're going to look at in Galatians chapter 6 are verses about relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 bear you one of those burdens if someone is caught off guard or is caught red-handed in the Greek uh, go with meekness talk with them, minister to them and uh, guard your own heart so that you don't have an attitude like I would never fall in this situation right. because that is that is presumption against the grace of God that keeps us. Yeah. And so it continues in verse 3, it begins to talk about, um, and I can just open there. But before we read the scripture together, before you sit down, I just want to give you this context in Galatians chapter 6. It's about relationship. Yeah. It's about relationships. So when we read these next verses, um, what I what the Holy Spirit is continually doing with me is, and maybe with the church, is to address religious concepts that we have about the Bible that are not what the Bible says. Yeah. Because like Jeff said so beautifully is that we grow up and that even if like even if we haven't grown up in the Bible Belt, up in the Northeast it's very religious but in a different way. Yeah. Um, but this is about relationships. When we talk about these verses, think about relationship and think about how this translates in our relationship with God. Amen. So let's let's look at Galatians chapter six. Together. And it says this, and I want to read this in verse 6, um, verse 7. Remember, relationship, okay? Because when we read these verses, I don't know about you, but when I read these verses, um, if we read them not with the quickening of the Holy Spirit, there's something inside of us that cringes, okay? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows his flesh, well, from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Father, just bless these words in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so let's look at these verses together. And this is, we're just doing a series about real change. And I think that I'd like to repeat um, what we said last week about change. That I think because we live in a culture where we are continually in the rat race of wanting something different, wanting something better, not happy with our present circumstance, maybe disappointed in ourselves, disappointed in somebody else, we are, we are, we are constantly seeking change. Discontentment comes from a heart that has not been settled, like we heard earlier, in the grace of God. When we get settled in the grace of God, when we get settled in the in the mercy of God and His and and uh, His goodness, there's a contentment that comes in. There's a contentment that comes in, and so transformation or change really happens when we understand. And I don't want to be clever or tricky or or smart with my words here, but change only happens when we understand what happened two thousand years ago. Because I could want change in my life for the wrong reasons. I could want change because I want to feel better about myself. 
I could want change because I feel like, okay, I'm, being, I'm on a religious trip and I want to feel better about myself. Change can only happen when we look at Jesus Christ, look and be changed. And if we just said amen to that, that would be the end of the message. I think that would be the greatest message we could preach today. Look unto him and be changed. Look unto Jesus and be changed. Look unto Jesus and be saved. Isaiah 45 is for me to look and be, and be saved. So when we look at these words here, I want to just talk about a few things. And I believe, I, 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 I guarantee you, or your money back guarantee, <laughs> money that you're putting off your day, we'll give it back to you and with a free lunch. Uh, I don't know about the free lunch part, but there's things here that I bet you've never seen before, okay? And this is in verse 7, do not deceive. You know what that word deception is? It just in the Greek means plano, and it just means to like wander. You ever wander somewhere? I remember as a kid, just, I don't know why it is, but I had these memories of being a very, very, very small kid and finding myself in just somebody else's yard or kind of wandering around looking at things. I don't know, I was just a wanderer when I was a kid. Is that surprising to you? Or I just kind of wandered around and I would just find myself in these interesting things. I remember as a kid, and boy, these were days were different when I was smaller, but when I was a kid, just before cars were invented and <laughs> telephones, you're all sharing a phone line. And I just remember like being at a picnic table in a park talking to all these hippies. Yes, I'm that old. Talking to these hippies and they were just burning stuff on the table and I was just talking to these. And then I don't know what happened, but I just found myself talking to these strange people. And sometimes we, we just wander around. This is what deception is. The first stage of December. December, first stage of dece deception, I'm already in December, I'm fine. Yeah. The first stage of, de of deception is just wandering, like, okay, I'm wandering. Yeah. I'm just, something, and I'm, I'm not being content here, something's not, my needs are not being met. I just feel like there's something better on the other side. It's actually the first conversation that the devil had with a human being was about this, this discussion, that God is keeping something from you. And what is that misunderstanding of the grace of God? The devil could be saying to you today, God's keeping back something from you. Or you're missing out on something. At the FOMO, you know FOMO is, right? It's now an official complex. Yeah. FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Yeah. That's social media. You go on Facebook and you're like, you know, you've been sick for several days, you can't get out of your bed for several days, you're looking at Facebook, and you're like, look at the world and what's going on in the world. I'm like stuck in bed, or I don't have a job, or I don't have any money. The fear of missing out. And this is really an attack of the devil. It could be in your marriage, it could be in your family life, it could be in your job, it could be where you're living, it could be in your situation. Or maybe you're a Christian and you don't feel like you're in ministry, and I'm missing out in ministry. This is fear. Fear is never of God. God does not speak to us through fear. Okay? That's so important to remember that. Be not deceived. So what Paul is saying to the Galatians here is just don't get, don't get misled into something that is just not true. We get misled into some crazy decisions in our life because we think that we're missing out on something here. And all my friends over there have a better life, or they have a better marriage, or they have a better family life, or they have a better work situation. Okay? Whenever we start thinking that way, you discern your soul. You discern yourself. You know what I'm talking about? That's what humility is, by the way. When I can discern the state of my, my mind, when I'm like, hey, wait a minute, a little self-awareness here. I'm right now kind of feeling like I'm missing out. I feel like I'm sad here. I feel like I'm down. Does that make sense? You know, see, because 
Perception always begins by deficit motivation. Okay, what does that mean, deficit motivation? It just means that what's motivating me or what's driving me is a fear that I don't have something or I'm missing something or that something is better on the other side. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's the fear of missing out, and that's not the voice of God. Do not deceive. Deception always begins, Plano, the first stage of deception always begins with this feeling I'm missing out. I'm missing out. I can tell you, you know, um, I was talking to um, Allie and Amberly. They're in the, they're in the uh, mother's room. And we can talk about them after tonight. Yeah. <laughs> they're watching TV. You know, they're, they're sitting there with two babies. What an amazing story. We're going to celebrate their, their two kiddos after this and, uh, and, and, and Daphne's 60th birthday. And I was just looking at these two kids, and the first thought I thought was is that somebody could look at these kids and say, who ever planned this? Uh, what a story. And somebody could think, my whole life is a mistake. Um, this whole situation is a mistake. Was I really supposed to be pregnant? Were these kids supposed to be born like this? And I just want to say if we can trust the sovereign plan of God, that God is good, and that what happens in our life is allowed by God to do one thing, not to prove us bad people, but to prove that God is very good, very gracious, very kind to us. <clears throat> we could have never achieved that. So, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Who this word mocked is? And again, I really want to take us out of this zone that we think that we think we know about this. God is not mocked. And I don't want to bring us into a, sometimes we read verses because we've heard so many bad messages about verses. Yeah. Yeah. We have we cringe when we read these messages. We're like, God is not mocked. You know, we have this picture in our mind of somebody screaming at us saying, You're gonna sow what you read. God's not mocked. And I'm not saying that this morning. Let's tone that down. These are some beautiful verses of promise here today. So I want to build us up yeah. and encourage us in, in this. God is not mocked, which means this. It means that, okay, we think of God mocked, you know, somebody mocking God. I remember watching an old Western when I was a little kid, and there was this guy, there was this guy who was really angry at God. And I don't remember the movie, I don't know what it was, but you know, this one scene he was shaking his fist up to God, and he was like, strike me dead, strike me dead, you're there. And he was really mocking God and see nothing happened. God's not there. I just remember seeing that, thinking that's mocking God. But you know what mocking God is? It's really something also that, but it's also different. It's when I think that God is not going to be true to his word and his promises. When I make a decision, when I get misled into something in my life because I think God's not going to be faithful and that God's not going to come through his promises. God is not mocking. It's a very graphic word in the Greek. Mockery here means to turn the nose up, you know, in the Greek culture. But it also is the word that we get, this is kind of gross, but it's kind of, kind of funny, but it's the word that we get in the English word mucus from. God is not mocked. It's a very graphic picture of somebody clearing their nose in the presence of somebody else. That's very offensive. God is not mocked. And it's like we can trust him. And God is not mocked for what, whatever one sows. You want to say what that means, whatever one sows? It means the thing that you sow, it, is, it says here, that will be also reap. That means if I sow a tomato seed, I'm going to get what? A banana plant? I'm going to get a tomato seed, right? I'm going to get a tomato plant. If I plant a potato, then what am I going to get? I'm going to get a potato plant, right? And I can be sure that whatever seed I'm planting, into the soil is that which is going to be, is going to grow up. And so 
That's a beautiful thing because sometimes when we're sowing seeds in our life, in our relationships, and in our business, and in our personal life, the way we self-talk, when we talk to each other, guess what happens? That very thing is what's going to spring up. Amen? When we take the seed, I want to talk about the seed in a second, and we plant it into life's experiences, which is the soil, and what's going to happen? That very thing is going to pop up. It's going to come up out of the ground. It's going to grow. It's the way nature is. Nature is not changed. Nature is going to happen. It's going to happen. What is the seed? Seed is, the, is our hopes, and it's our dreams. And if it's matched, if we if we look at the promises of God and match that with our hopes and dreams, we can plant that into the ground, and it's going to grow because of the promises of God. We know that when we plant the seed, the way the seed works is going to be death, right? The, the seed got the seed got to die. There's literally a death that takes place, and the shell of the seed breaks, and something green comes out. How many of you did this? Thing when you were in school, you put a seed inside of a glass box next to the glass, and there was the, the soil there. You could actually watch the seed break, and then you could see the green thing pop up. Have you seen that? You see the green thing. Isn't that amazing? You see this seed, it's kind of like greenish, and then it turns brown, it looks dead, and then it looks like it breaks over, it looks like it's dying. It's like, okay, that thing died. But then all of a sudden, you see something green popping out. And what is in that seed, what is in that plant, is more powerful than the soil, it's more powerful than anything else. And we can see very often, too, that there are these plants, there are these bamboo plants that can actually break through concrete, break through rocks. And so the seed will, the seed will, will spring up. What we plant, it will sow. Yes, that talks about decisions. What Paul, Paul here says, we sow the flesh and we're going to reap corruption. That means that if I'm sowing something into natural desire, I'm not only necessarily talking about sinful stuff, but if I'm always sowing in my conversations, this earthly conversations about this and the auntie this and, and Frank did this and my business and, and this, this situation, the only thing that we're talking about is like the, the, oh, the Astros one last night, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know, the Texans, did they lose against the Patriots? <laughs> you know, we're, we're not going about that. But, like, you can talk, our conversation becomes so earthy. It can be so, like, fleshly and, and, and like, live in the, in, the, in, the, in the physical world. I was talking to Jeff yesterday about text. And, and like, you know what's great is when you have someone that when you are in a conversation with them, always ends up Christ centered. It's like talking about something that's beautiful about the Bible, about Jesus Christ, or you know, there's many of you in this room that when I talk, when we start talking, it always ends with that we're all admiring Jesus Christ and we're making him, we're, making this, we're just enjoying Jesus Christ. What we plant is what we're going to, is what we're going to reap. And, and this is a beautiful, beautiful promise that if we, in Hebrews, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, maybe uh, Wes can put that on the screen, um, it says this, so it's in the King James Version. It's all my memory verses in Huh? You only speak King James. I always speak King James. 1611. Yeah. Uh, sow yourself righteousness, and you will reap what? It says the English Standard Version, it says everlasting kindness. Doesn't it say that? Or I don't know, steadfast love, I think yeah. it is in King James. 
I'm just, just guessing here. But when we sow to ourselves, and here's, here's the practical point. What does it mean to sow yourself? To sow to my flesh means, you know what? I'm just going to, my flesh is like, blah, 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 blah. Complain, complain, complain. This is not right. Or, I'm so good. I deserve better. This situation is bad. I, I have all these rights. And I'm missing out. Or then, you know, the other side, blah, blah, blah. This is bad. This is a situation. The food is bad. How do they get into the situation? That's the flesh. That's the conversation of flesh. And the flesh never stops talking. It just does not stop talking. It is, it is a broken record, and it's saying the same thing over, yeah. over and over and over. It's, one is, it's always talking to one side of the tree or the other. One side is, this is bad, bad, bad. He's bad, bad, bad. This situation is bad, bad, bad. This is horrible, horrible, horrible. Look what happened to me. I'm such a victim. I've been victimized. Or the other side of the flesh can be, can be, I'm going to speak here. The other side of the flesh is going to be this. You know, you deserve more. You did this. You're so great. You need to be recognized. You need to be, you know, and you see this, and I've done all of this. It's what Job, Job is on both sides of the tree, by the way. And this is the flesh talking, but when we sow into that, when we buy into that, when we own that, when we own the, 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 the old programming, the, old, the way the flesh thinks about your walk with God, you're, you're just never going to be, I don't know who said this morning, I, I think Carl said to me in the office, like, we think that way, we're trying, we're thinking about this, we're no longer, we're looking at the water and we're just going to start sinking. We start sowing into the flesh. You know, we can look at a church like this, beautiful little church starting here. I, I'm so excited about it. Um, give us five years, and I think you're going to be really blessed. Hang in there. <laughs> blessed now. Five years. We're blessed now. Amen. Sowing to righteousness. Yes, amen. Amen. Guess what? When we look at this body here, let's sow into each other righteousness. Let's speak faith words to each other. Let's say, you know something? God is for you. Let's speak. You know what? We speak faith is not pretending. Faith is not pretending, by the way. Faith is not like saying, well, we hope it's going to be this way. Faith is speaking God's mind about things. It means like, it means like uh, hearing from God and speaking into somebody's life. You know? I'm like, so excited about it. I'm just so blessed by Aaron. You know, I'm going to pick on Aaron. It's just, you know, but somebody can look at Aaron. Aaron can look at his life and say, oh, there's so much against me. But you know something? He's like moving forward. God's blessing him. God's with him. I just think we're going to speak faith into that, into that guy's life. You know? yeah. We're going to speak life into the Dowling family. God is for that family. You know? We're going to speak life into every family here because what the world is saying to you is that you are a loser. You're not going to make it. That's sowing into the flesh, buying into the flesh. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging a hole into the flesh. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm investing in. This is what I'm really kind of like pouring myself into. I'm pouring into this, the flesh. And you know what, what the end of that is? There's a harvest, and the harvest is yucky. It's just yuck. The Greek word means yuck. <laughs> why? It's spelled like this in Greek. J-U-K. Yeah, yeah. Or in English, we say Y-U-C-K. It's yuck. That's what it is. The flesh is yuck. And it always ends in yuck. And whenever there's drama, there's the flesh is there, right? Whenever there's lots of drama, you can always say, you can always trace it back to somebody started listening to the flesh. Well, now that we know what the flesh says, let's just talk about good news. Just leave that off to the side. Whatever one sows, that will you also reap. For the one who sows his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Corruption is just yuckiness. We talked about that. It's just yuck. But the one who sows his spirit will from his spirit reap eternal life. This is what I want to focus on right here. 
sowing into the spirit, reaping eternal life. You know what that means? It means that the Holy Spirit is speaking. He's a person. And Jeff said it this morning. So we are spiritual people. Uh, we are made of spirit. We are different than your animal or your cat. Um, sometimes we are surprised by that, but we are different than animals. We have a spirit. God speaks to that spirit. And this is what we want to guard. Like, so into yourself. That means what you're allowing to pour into your soul, let that be something that's going to be encouraging the, the new man. This is, the question is this, is that the TV show bad or is that TV show good? That's not the question. The question is, is this pouring into my spirit edification or is this pouring into my spirit some kind of awareness of like something that's just, just ugly? You know what I'm saying? That, because religion is always going to be pointing at things but it's never addressing the issue. The, the issue is, is what is being poured into my spirit? And what do we want? John 6 or 63. The words of God are spirit and they are life. This is how we sow into ourselves. And you are sowing into yourself this morning by being here. You're here, we're speaking spiritual words, you're being built up in who you are in Christ. You're not being built up in who you are in the flesh. We're not going to compliment the negativity that's going on in your life. And we're not going to compliment that the word of God is not going to compliment what you you have rights are in your life. The word of God is going to build you up in who you are in Christ. And that's the only way we can face our life. I mean, Monday comes around, you've got to wake up, you know, early in the morning, you've got to get the kids ready. That's always that's always a chore, isn't it? Waking up and getting the kids up and dragging them, you know, putting a sleeping child in the breakfast chair, eat it, geese, you know, and get dressed. <laughs> and just like you know, how do we get through this life? How do we get through this week? How do we get through Monday morning? It's by building ourselves up in who we are in Jesus Christ. And guess what? You don't even know that. Believe that. You don't even know who you are in Christ. I mean, it's such an amazing miracle. It's going to take us for eternity for us to, dis to discover who we are in Christ. It's only now we see in a last earthly. If you sow into the spirit, what does this? What does it say here? Some some translations say eternal life. I like the uh, the King James version here, where it says life everlasting. I think it yeah. says and it's the Greek word zoe, and everlasting is a Greek word that means aeonis. I don't know if I pronounce that right, yeah. but it means a everlasting life is different than eternal life. Yeah. Eternal life has no beginning. God is eternal. He has no beginning, and there's no end. We are everlasting. We have a beginning, yet we don't have an end. So everlasting is different than eternal. Remember that. Yeah. Eternal life is no beginning, no end. We have that. Actually, we have that in us, by the way. On, you have a life in you that has no beginning yeah. <laughs> and no end. So when someone says, well, my history, this is my story, I've been victimized, like this and that, and then, I, and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then sometimes those our, our experience, and every one of us in this room has an experience of some kind in our past that wants to wants to speak through the flesh and influence our decisions and sow into something that's going to be yucky at the end. But the eternal life, uh, yeah, eternal life means this: that before you had a story in your flesh, before you had a story in your human existence, before you were born, you had a history with God. Amen. Amen. You have a history with God. Like, okay, we can get a little excited here. I mean, we're not charismatic here. Maybe we are. But we can be a little, so we can say amen just, you know, a little bit. And, like, 
So no getting, no, that means that the life that fills you and I is something that is not from this world. It's not from this universe. It's not from this dimension. It's from the eternity of God. That means when I wake up in the morning, that means that my story with God began before I was born. I was in the mind of God. This is such a beautiful thing. You were in the thought of God that before eternity, before time began, guess what? David says in Psalm 139 that you were in the mind of God. God had a plan. Did you ever get an idea? And you're just kind of salivating that idea. And you haven't told anybody that. You're just thinking about it. And I can go to sleep at night and think about this. Like, you know, hopefully it's not robbing, robbing a bank or something like that. But, you know, you're sneaking. And then just, you're just, you know, you're just salivating. You're thinking about it. And it's just bringing you joy. This is the way God thought about you before you were born. Yes, you. Point to yourself. Yes, God was thinking about me. Where does that say in the Bible, Galatians chapter 1? I think it's verse 14 or verse 16. It says that when I was in my mother's womb, I was sanctified. God's salvation. You've got to think about Calvinists now, but I'm just going to say it this way. Is that the plan of God is so bulletproof in our lives. There was never a moment when God was out of control. Right. Yeah. That's why when a little baby is born into our hands, yes, I'm preaching to Amberly and, and, and uh, now you're young. Uh, when a little baby is born into our hands, we can we can be confident that this is not a mistake from God. God's got an awesome plan yeah. for this child. Everlasting life means this, that I have a beautiful beginning with Christ. There's a moment when I receive Christ, and this is never going to end. Yeah. This is never going to end. Sometimes we have this fear. Well, hey, it's great. It's great now, but no, it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah. And that is such an unbelief. That is such an attack. That's such a mockery of God. Let's not think that way. It's presuming against the grace of God. It's, it's believing that God's going to, that this is not going to be as good. It is going to be as good. It's never going to change. It's going to get better and better in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. As the eternity, as the ages go on, we'll be growing in the grace and growing in the riches of the mercy of God. I want to finish with this. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Okay, I'm doing good. Walking all these people across the street. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do good. Do good. This is not what this is saying. The Greek word here is kalos. Kalos, and forgive me if this is a wrong misunderstanding of this word. This is how, when I read on this, there's different words for good. One word, one word for good means like good with like incredible benefits. Yeah. Then there's another kind of good, which is callous, which is just, it's just good and it doesn't necessarily require good results or a bad word. It's just, it, it's just by nature, it is good. And it's callous, which means sometimes when you're just pouring out, when you are just loving on people, when you are loving your kids, when you are um, pouring into your wife or your husband, when you are when you are just in your business and you're like, okay, I could do it this way and, and do well, or I could do this way and take a hit, but it's the right thing to do because it's God's mind for the business. Don't get weary in that. You know what weariness means here? It means here in the Greek, it means this. It means that, follow me here, and it's the Greek word, it's, it means to do this. It means to continually get into the narrative, the narrative of the flesh, the perspective of the flesh, and it's wearing me out. That's what weariness means. 
It means that I am, I am in a program, I'm in this snub program, excuse me, I'm on a path, I'm walking with God in His perfect will, I'm experiencing some miracles in your life. Look at yourself when you're, you ever get these Facebook memories and yeah, pop right. up four years ago, yeah. one year ago, yeah. and you're like, and you're like, man, has things changed? I have changed, you know, things have changed. What it means here is this, it means that I just throw in the towel, I'm continually doing it because I just have not had a revelation yet of the goodness and the kindness of God. And I'm just throwing into I'm throwing the narrative of the negativity of the flesh. Or I'm on this side, I'm just talking about what I deserve, what have I I've done all of these good things, this is what I deserve. What it means is a weariness that comes in when I when I'm just continually deciding to choose merits of the flesh. That's why we need a mind renewal. That's, and I think one of the greatest verses as a Christian in the practical daily life is, is Romans chapter 12, verse 1, being renewed in the spirit of our mind. And Ephesians 4.23, being renewed and quickened every morning, being renewed and just drawing near to God. Well, we are near to God. I don't mean to say we're away from God, but it just means I'm aligning to what's always true in my life, that I don't need to Find God, He's found me. I am in Him. And when we when we begin to sow into, we begin to sow into that type of thinking and sowing into that type of, of of living, doing good, which means I'm just doing this because God is good. This is just the way God thinks. I'm going to do this in due season. In due season. And that word do. I'm a word person, if you notice. I love to take apart sentences. I love to read. I don't speak Greek. I can read a little bit of it because I know Russian Cyrillic letters, which is similar to Greek letters. So sometimes I can fake it pretty good, but I'm not a Greek scholar. I've just got some good books I can read. But the word do season is actually a demonstrative pronoun. Now, if you are a grammar uh, whiz, you'll know what that means. I don't know what that means, but I think what that means is that it means that it's in his season. Meaning that there is a possession. <coughs> that means if I'm planting the tomato seed, when tomato season coming comes, that seed's going to pop up. There is a season in your life where if you just hang tight, it's going it's to sprout up. It's going to happen. Let's fellowship with hope and faith, and let's think it. Let's fellowship with a finished work, thinking that in God's eyes. This crisis that you find yourself in, this unresolved situation, is already finished in God's mind. And God is one, and God is victorious in it. Don't throw in the towel. Don't live in the narrative of the negativity or the self-righteousness of the flesh. Live in the narrative of God's mind, which is saying it is finished, it is beautiful, it is wonderful, it is lovely. Uh, Adam and Eve, and I was thinking about this week, they came on the scene. What time did they, what time did they come on the scene in God's creation? Day one, because if they came up day one, they would have a lot of work to do. Right? Day two, no. Day three, no. Day four, no. When did when did God when did God create Adam and Eve? When everything was done, and then He created Adam and Eve. Glory to creation. You and I have been saved. We've been born again. We've been placed into something that does not need to be finished. And it needs to be done. It needs to be caught up with in something called this wonderful salvation, which is already finished. So we can walk into it. We can just say, you know what? 
This world is a world of just unfinished stuff. People are living with trying to make ends meet. But guess what? We as a believer can walk into this life trusting him, sowing in, sowing in righteousness, which is by faith what God has already done. And every day watch him as he brings it to pass. For a new season we shall reap if we do not give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Discouragement comes when we're just as close as we can ever be to the finish line. Don't get discouraged. Can I tell you this morning? Whatever you face, don't get discouraged. Don't throw your towel. Don't give in to the narratives of the flesh. Don't give in to the narratives of somebody else's flesh. Commune with the narrative of God about your life, where God talks about you. He thinks about you consistently, always. Where God's you're righteous, you're holy. There's nothing more that you can add to your salvation to make you more lovely. There's nothing more that you can look at your life and say, okay, that's not right, that's not right. If there's something that's unfinished in your life, say this, it's not finished in my experience, but God, if I hang, if I hang tight, and if I, it's, going to, it's going to be completed, I'm going to, I'm going to observe the completion of this. Because tomato season's coming, and that plant's going to pop out of the ground. Because the sun